Mr. Downton. Yeah, um, Mr. Peeved. Mr. Peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocabulary? Down to dozen. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're a part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today is my good friend, Michele Berra, on on YouTube, live, in front of probably 10 people right now. <laughs> well, it's, I was excited about this list because it's completely uh, terrible. And so I, I really want to have the live comments of like these people <laughs> that tear my <laughs> list apart. <laughs> these guys don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so you guys can ask questions in the chat. As we go here, I'm, I see them live here. Nathan Stinson is looking forward to seeing where Reggie Jackson is. Uh, you can give your takes. Uh, James Harden is a point guard for us, just so you know right off the bat uh, where he would rank. And uh, so here we go. So my very first category, and I've already teased this, is dishonorable mention. <laughs> Okay, I don't and have that category. <laughs> that's uh, where Reggie Jackson goes. He's the dishonorable mention point guard for for the show. He's he's ranked like twenty eighth, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, among all point guards in the NBA. So, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I I had like twenty four play. I have twenty four players in my list, okay. mm-hmm. and yeah, it's not making. Um, the, the top 24 um, and probably yeah it's he's still a starting point guard I would say but not for yeah. a very good team yeah and the attitude problems especially when it comes to the point guard position I think they're massive because you're supposed to be leading a team at least mm-hmm. you, you at least need to be a steady hand or like a real leader and a lot of these guys have those attributes a ton mm-hmm. of these guys do um, but Reggie just seems to He's just a weird dude. And we've seen that here in Oklahoma City. I think you've seen that play out a little bit in Detroit as well. He's had a ton of injury problems, which also knocks him down the list for me a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other guys in, in my honorable mention category have Isaiah Thomas, who I have no clue what to expect from Isaiah Thomas this year. With Same. The Nuggets. Because... Is he going to be satisfied playing a backup position and maybe not closing games? Like, I don't know. Like, he yeah. seems seemed pretty dissatisfied in the past with having a lesser mm-hmm. role. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not in my top 24 either. Because I, I really don't know in which kind of shape like and, and health condition it will be yeah. uh, next season. Uh, talent-wise, he's like surely a top 20 guy uh like without a doubt but like the cleveland version and then the los angeles version were like not good versions of him and so he will probably have more space and more flow in denver so that can lead to better results but Mm -hmm. it's yet to be seen i mean if he plays 82 games and he goes like boston isaiah then it's it's clearly a top 10 guy top 10 guard probably 
But as of now, yeah. I, I have no confidence uh, in his health uh, and in the fact that he can lead again a team uh, the way he did with Boston. Yeah, it'll be interesting. If he fits in, though, it could be a great situation for him because he's like, I think his ultimate destiny was being a six man scoring guard. I think mm-hmm. it's except for the, the year he was, that year in Boston was crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a starting point guard. Obviously he was in the MVP conversation for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like he like that, but he has shown now that it's going to be really tough for him to get back there. And I just don't know if the nuggets is the right team for that because the opportunity is not going to be there. I mean, Jamal Murray is really good and he's in my top 20 and it's going to be hard to supplant him for a lot of reasons because he is like their point guard of the future. You can't, you can't supplant your, your point guard of the future with an older guy that is supposed to be your sixth man. I mean, that yeah. you, you'd send yeah. the nuggets into like a tailspin. It just wouldn't be worth it. But McKelly, there is one thing that is worth it and is super easy. And as a busy adult, I need my life to be easier and especially the little things in life i like them to be quick and easy and that's why i love simple contacts if you wear contact lenses you know that it's not the most convenient thing to make an appointment go in spend the hour plus getting your eyes checked and then being able to get your contacts later it's a long process it's kind of annoying but Simple Contacts makes it so easy. You can use your phone or your computer and take the Simple Contact vision test in less than five minutes from anywhere. You can do it from your couch. You can do it from your car, the airport, your front porch, anywhere. And a real doctor will review your test in 24 hours, give you a new prescription, and then you're able to buy new contacts through Simple Contacts. It's very simple. You don't need an appointment. You're not going to wait It's just easy the way that I would like to have things. It's vision care for the 21st century. Simple Contacts offers every brand of lenses and their prices are just unbeatable. Now, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need to go in and do those occasionally, but this is the best and most convenient way to renew your prescription and get your contacts quickly. The prescription is only $20. costs way more to do it at the doctor's office. And the contact lenses price are so low and shipping is free. And best of all, our listeners can get $20 off their first Simple Contacts offer. Please go to simplecontacts.com backslash down to dunk or just enter down to dunk at checkout. Give Simple Contacts a try if you want your life to be easier. Yeah, and also... A guard that, uh, even in, in his best days, uh, I remember um, the last year in Boston, there were issues in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was great yeah. for the first three quarters. He was leading a team, like scoring like crazy. But as a matter of fact, in the fourth, Boston was better without him, which is like his defensive deficiencies are actually important. And for a team right. like Denver, that has already <laughs> pretty serious issues. Um, I don't know if he can close. Um, I have Jamal, Jamal Murray uh, 21st. And oh, I, wow. Yes, yes. I, I, oh, oh, whoo. Yes. That's, that's uh, low. You're no. low on him. Oh, no, I, I'm not low on Jamal Murray. I just... Um, Maybe I'm too high on him. I don't know. I mean... 
you can make the case for many of the guards ahead of him, uh, especially yeah. the 20th. But to me, he was on the same tier of guys like um, Teague, Van Vliet, Lonzo, Schroeder, those kind of guys. Okay. Um, like if you if you give uh, a guy like Van Vliet or Schroeder the keys of Denver's offense, uh, they probably have less shooting and less uh, craftiness offensively, but they are better passers than him. Uh, Van Vliet is a better defender than him. So, like, he will probably overcome both uh, of these two guys, and probably I like a lot of them. And at the end of the season, I would not be surprised to see him, like, uh, closer to the top 10 of this class. But the the issue defensively that he has, even if, like, smart people say that he tries, I may agree, but not, not completely, to me are serious. And... And I don't know. Uh, I have yet to see. Um, like, if you if you have him on any other team that doesn't have doesn't feature the best passing center of the league, is he mm-hmm. able to to run an efficient offense with his passing? That I don't know. Uh, if you are talking about like scoring guards, he's much higher. But here we decided to rank like Frank like point guard, and to me, passing is very very important. Yeah. I have Van Vliet in my honorable mentions as well. I'll go ahead and read you my list of honorable mentions. Van Vliet, Rajon Rondo, Lonzo Ball, Darren Collison, Spencer Dinwiddie, George Hill, and DeJounte Murray. Uh, Okay. I have Murray, Dinwiddie, Collison, and the weird name, which uh, I am ready to defend with uh, swords and stuff like that, Markel Fultz. I, oh whoa I, yeah. oh yeah okay yeah there, make your case i this is <laughs> like markel has um a feel for the game which is incredible like i don't yeah. care about the shot i i should care about the shot but the fact that he has a natural uh way to attack the pick and roll and to find open man and to he has just a different timing do you remember like prime tony parker he was not extremely fast, but he was able to manipulate the defense from the dribble and to mm-hmm. find space. And that yep. to me is one of the best way to run the point guard position. Mm-hmm. And to me, Markel has those instincts. The yep. fact that he, um, like he really struggled with the shot is something worrisome. But to me, he was a clear cut top two pick last season. And yep. he's probably one of the greatest talent that has yet to show in the league. And I have in like, I think he will make a jump and he's great too. Like his size is great for the position. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, He's interesting. He doesn't make my list just because I haven't like all these other guys. Like I've seen it, you mm -hmm. know, Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen them do it completely satisfied putting them there because I've seen them do it at the NBA level. I just need to see Markel do it. Because there's been a lot of guys in college. Like, I mean, I was blown away with what Michael Beasley did at K State. Like, I thought that guy was easily going to just eat up the NBA, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Yes. And so, part of me just wonders if Markel can do it. I just need to see it. I just want to see it. I, I'm I'm ready to be a believer, but mm-hmm. I need to see it. Okay. Uh, no, it's fair. I mean, uh, I'm Tim O'Quinn says that Tony Parker was quick AF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, but he was able to control his speed. 
that is what yes. uh, I think uh, made his. By the he's way, not like, Martin, he's not as explosive of a fast guy like a Russell Westbrook or a John Wall or something like that. I think that was your point, right? He, he can be, but he also can play extremely under control. Like watch the finals against Miami 2014. He was able to go around players, uh, keep the dribble alive, just move and with his body carve space from the dribble. That is something that Markel has in him. We, and he has a way to attack pick and roll again. Uh, with angles, with movements that he don't see. Like, I, I really love when a point guard can create space from the pick and roll, even if it doesn't seem to be there. And that is extremely valuable. But you are completely right. I mean, you have to see him uh, doing it at the NBA level. The last 10 games of the season left like a really good taste in my mouth, though. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Um, very interested to see what he does this season. Okay, top 20. Who's 20 for you? Uh, Danny Schroeder is yeah, my that's, 20th. That's exactly where I have him too. I don't know if this is like my bias showing through or like, hey, I just really want to put him in there. <laughs> but he's been he's been a productive NBA player. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, there there are a few things that we have to consider here. And to me, one is what he did last season, which is why he's 20th and not like maybe 15 or something. Um, yeah. But this guy was able to be one of the best six men in a very successful team in the regular season. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, 2014, 2015, and even the year after that. Um, and he's a better player now. He was in an extremely dysfunctional situation and he actually put himself into a dysfunctional situation as well. Uh, but a guy that creates the most, uh, the second most points in isolations as a point guard that needs to lead the second unit now, not the first unit against like the best defenders. Like put a, like an average defender on Dennis Schroeder and he will shred you. Uh, from in Isabel. And yes, this team needs a guy that can carve points from a second unit and can and needs to really uh, be able to tear second units apart. And so in that role, which I think it's important because I really, for example, guys like Van Vliet and Rozier will not start for their teams, but I put them in the list because as a second unit leaders are extremely successful much more than other guys are in their starting positions. And so that's my case of, of Dennis Schroeder. And yes, there's a little bit of bias because Dean Weedy probably uh, should be in the same conversation. Jamal Murray is probably better as an offensive player, but I want to give him a nod because of the role he will play um, next next season. Yeah. I have Dean Weedy below him. I think just looking at Dean Weedy's numbers, they're really not impressive. Yeah. Like his yeah, efficiency isn't impressive. Even like his raw stats, like you compare him to Schroeder, like there's no comparison. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so I think he's probably a little bit overrated just because where he came from as like a player that was expected to be like a G League guy or maybe like a third guard for somebody. Like he's mm-hmm. definitely not that. Like I think that he on a good team, he is like your sixth man off the bench. Yeah. Um, and he could start for a lot of teams. Like I'm sure Orlando Phoenix would love to have a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie on their team. Oh, I think they will both uh, have like a high chance to get him. Yeah. Uh, 
um, I, I do think that Brooking has a plan to get like a prime talent for him. And uh, there are already rumblings uh, in Phoenix about trading for a point guard, a young point guard that is mm-hmm. controllable and maybe give away some of the wings that they have because they have too many now. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I would put, I would keep like Dean Witty, uh on under serious uh, like uh, attention for those starting pointer point guard jobs. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, so this first tier I have is eight through two, eighteen through twenty, and it's mm-hmm. guys that are better off the bench, like guys okay. that you you know that we we've seen enough of their career, and maybe one of these guys who we haven't seen enough, but I think that at least for now these are better players off the bench. And mm-hmm. so Schroeder, 20, 19, Terry Rozier, 18, Lou Williams. Oh, Lou, I didn't consider Lou. Uh, I consider him as a, as a more of a shooting guard. And, but if yeah. I, like, if I had to put him there, uh, he would be much higher. Uh, so like to me, if I have to put him uh, in this list, it would be like 16 or something like okay. that. Yeah. Because it, but uh, like it doesn't sound as a point guard to me. Uh, yeah, like, I get it. He was, he had 5.3 assists last year. Like he did a, he did a lot of those duties for the Clippers last year. Yeah. Let's and put him was in. Aw- and he was awesome. I yeah. mean, he 22 points per game, 5 assists, two and a half rebounds. He shot 35% from 3 on 6.6 attempts. Mm-hmm. I mean, six times at the free throw line, 88%. I'm like, that dude was incredible. The only reason why I wouldn't put him higher is because his age. I just feel like that, like we saw the absolute maximum that you're ever going to get out of Lou Williams. And then we may be done with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he did it for a team that was not a winning team. And so mm-hmm. I still think his ultimate, just, just like, I believe with Schroeder and Rozier and to a large extent with a lot of these guys like a Darren Collison, um, Isaiah Thomas, like we mentioned, like, I feel like a lot of these guys destiny is to be like your best guard off the bench. And Lou Williams, we've seen that in the past where that's, that was his role for a majority of his career as a guy to come off the bench and be your spark plug. I mean, he was awesome for Houston. He torched the thunder in the playoffs. I mean, that guy, he's really good. And yeah, I agree for the most part that he's not your typical point guard, but he was kind of in that role for the Clippers last year. So I put yeah, him on the yeah, list. No, I, I slide him at um, 17. And so Schroeder goes into the honorable mention. Okay. And um, I have like my first year that uh, at this moment, uh, inserting the Williams ends with him are guys that I either really dislike, uh, but have <laughs> tons of talent or, yeah. or, uh, they are in the same category as you, so a guy like Van Vliet and or Lonzo Ball, which I don't know how to uh, evaluate yet. Um, yeah. So like so like twenty now is Lonzo, uh, nineteen is Van Vliet, eighteen is the point guard that I hate the most. Uh, it's uh, Jeff Teague, which I don't like, uh, and then okay. because to me is transformed into a. Um, Lou Williams light. He doesn't really create well for others. And the reason why Minnesota was so bad in terms of um, offensive organization to me is has to do with, with Jeff Teague and the way he plays uh, basketball because he needs to have like crazy good passer to sustain his way to play uh, the point guard. And with, um, with Horford, you can 
reasonably do that. But with a team that doesn't have those uh, high level passers, he's his point guard, like is the way he plays the point guard, I don't really like. And so, yeah. so uh, to repeat, uh, Lonzo, Van Vliet, Teague, and Lou Williams are my first tier of guys that um, I, I don't know if they are worth of a starting point guard today, uh, but they may be very well, like, like if you put Teague as the Thunder six man, that is extremely good. Like yeah. he can really score yeah. the basket, but I don't want him to have like the keys of a, uh, of my offense. If I am a team that wants to do the playoffs and do better in the playoffs. Yeah. I like, I like Jeff Teague. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I guess you're going to have to talk me into Lonzo ball in the top 20. I've just, uh, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what to say to get there. Cause I mean, the dude shot 36% from the field last year, mm-hmm. 30%, uh, 45% from the free throw line. He had seven assists per game, almost seven rebounds per game. People said he was a good defender. I didn't watch enough of him to be able to say that for myself. He only played 50 games last year. I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. He was a high draft pick. Like that's where I see it. But other than that, like I don't feel like I've seen enough to say that I would rather have him over all these guys, especially Jamal Murray. Like if the Lakers had Jamal Murray, we'd be talking about Jamal Murray. Like he was the second coming of Jesus. Like, yeah, pro- probably so. Probably so. And I struggle a lot with Lonzo, but, uh, and again, I, as I did with the, uh, small forwards, I decide that passing and defense here, uh, pick and roll defense are really, really important to me. And, yeah. uh, Lonzo has size and has shown like improvements on the def- defensive end. And he's a crazy good passer. Like probably on par with the best of this class uh, already as a rookie, and he had like a very very dysfunctional year. Like um, right. they put him like like Isaiah. The, the 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 offense was okay for a few games, and then no. I I I like players that have incredibly high IQ and that can pass the ball with his instincts. But I agree that putting him at 20 or like, yeah, it's the last uh, spot on my list. It's still a bit of a reach. Why I'm reaching? Because I think that if his shot pans out, like if he shot like 35% from three, he's awesome. And with LeBron and his team... It's a bet on his future. Yeah, it is. uh, It is. And I've seen enough to believe that with LeBron passing and um, with probably also Rondo passing, uh, passes. Um, he can really have a good season shooting wise. And if you, if you have a guy that is six, six, that can really rebound the ball, that can defend reasonably well and pass the ball like he does, uh, and get, can play off or on ball. That is, that is something, um, that to me may be worth a top 20. Yeah. No, I, I, I get the idea of it. I just kind of like Markel Fultz. Like, I just want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of it's theoretical. Sure. At this point. So Completely. I just want to see it. Um, okay. So next tier on my list is the meh starters. Mm-hmm. Like these are starters in the NBA, but they're kind of meh. Mm-hmm. 17, Eric Bledsoe. 16, Jeff Teague. 15, Ricky Rubio. 
Okay, so um, I don't have Bledsoe anywhere near my top 20. Oh, <laughs> tell me, please talk about Eric Bledsoe because I had no idea where to put him. And, outside, uh, out, just outside. He, oh, tell he, me why, tell me why. He was great uh, in the second year uh, in Phoenix, um, injured the third, then out of Phoenix, in Milwaukee, never, never uh, was able to recoup his uh, old status of a guard that can defend and that can shoot and that can play like bully ball. It, he's really a shell of himself. Like he's not the player who can really get you an advantage by being able to play both on and off the ball. He's a, he was not a great passer, and, but, but he was making up that by being a reliable shooter. And a, t- a tenacious defender. He's no, it's not a tenacious defender anymore. And the percentage from three has really dipped um, from his Phoenix years. And so if you have a guy that is 6'4", that is, uh, I would say for this class, a below average passer, uh, Lou William passes the ball better than him. And Teague passes the ball better than him. And, and that doesn't shoot the ball really well and really wants to shoot it anyway, I don't see why he's valuable. To me, he's not Reggie because he he didn't cause the same problems that Reggie did, but kind of. Um, yeah. Like, I would not start him for Milwaukee and I would I would likely start Brockman in front of him, which is in my honorable mention. I forgot to read it. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't like Bledsoe. Uh, anymore. He was one of the guys that I thought if OKC could stick with the pick uh, and not trading it, he would probably be like a very good six man um, because the way he could play with Russ. But then after Phoenix, like he's not that player anymore. And maybe he he will have a better year, but I don't know why and how it it would. I love it. I love everything you said, and I agree. This is this is. It's taken me a while to get to this place. I'm I'm reshaping my list right now. Bledsoe, you're gone, man. You're out of here. <laughs> and then Bledsoe had the best season of his career. <laughs> I'd like to thank Early Upgrade for sponsoring today's show. Earlyupgrade.com. If you are a business owner or you're a manager of a big group of people. And they're just frankly complaining about their phones or tablets that they have from the company that they're not, they don't have good battery life or they can't update. Uh, Early Upgrade is the company that you need to contact. They will get good devices in the hands of your employees quickly. They will give you value for all of your devices, uh, your previous devices, even if they're unusable. And so the people of Early Upgrade are the ones to go to. They're trustworthy. They've been around for nine years. They're nationwide. So if you're anywhere in the country listening to this, Early Upgrade can help you. And also, they're Thunder fans. And so you know that they're good people. So support the people that support Down to Dunk and visit earlyupgrade.com. Who should I put? Okay, so with the mass starters, George Hill, is he a guy on your list? No. No, it's he's, he's outside. Okay, I, I uh, have a guy. Spencer that Dinwiddie. Oh, what about Darren Collison? Honorable. Should I put him there? Honorable mention. I like him. I like Darren Collison. Let's throw him in there. Okay. 
So, uh, um, so uh, it was from 17 to uh, 14 to 15. Yeah. Um, so I have another tier uh, from like 16 and, and 15, um, which is a player who I really love defensively. And I probably should love offensively a bit more than I do. Uh, and those two players are Dijon Timori and Ricky Rubio. So 16 Dijon Timori okay. and 15 Ricky Rubio. So Rubio okay, was... Give, give, me, give me there with Dijonte first. I, I understand Ricky Rubio and I could put him higher on my list because I saw him tear the heart out of the thunder in the playoffs mm-hmm. with his defensive ability. Um and with his offensive prowess, like he showed some offensive prowess against the Thunder. He just doesn't show that every game and he can't do that every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was awesome. And so I, I, but with DeJounte Murray, to me, he is in that place with like NBA people where it's like the idea of him is so much better than DeJounte in practice. Like he just shows these big time flashes, but mm-hmm. I just struggle to see. I just haven't seen yet that he is, you know, better than Terry Rozier or even Darren Collison, Jeff no, Teague, like all these guys. He's not better than Terry. Terry's ahead. Okay. <laughs> On the- well, uh, for but, me, well, just yeah. yeah. I mean, he's ahead of him for me too. But I just don't know. Um, I don't know. That's just just get me there. I need to get there. Um, I am not sure if I should and will put you uh, there. But okay. to me, <laughs> the argument is like the the improvement that he made uh, last season in terms of understanding pick and roll defense and being able to be effective as a second year guy um, on a very good team who had like all the struggle possible in a season and to, sh- to be able to, to lead them basically as a starting point guard for the entire season at the age of 21 is incredible. He is poised. Yep. He has learned how to play in a system that is not easy to understand. Um, like, if you look at how San Antonio plays, the way that the starting unit plays and the second unit plays are completely different. And like, you can be like um, a mad horse, like uh, Paddy Mills or Manu Ginobili and do uh, things um, on your own. And it's okay in the second unit for San Antonio. In the first unit, you really need to execute and be able to to do it at the highest level. Otherwise, you will not play. Um, yeah. And he's able to do that. And on the other end, he's one of the best point guard defender already. He's yeah. really there. Like, and so like, if you have a point guard that can really create problem to the other, uh, to, to your opponent, uh, and has shown improvement in his shooting and in the, um, the way he passes the ball, the way he looks at teammates, to me, that, that speaks of uh, like growth. And if a guy at I love a season of a guy and he's 21, I really bet on, on the coming season. And so yeah. to me, I would, I don't have numbers in my head. Like I don't care if he shoots like, um, if he scores like 15 point or 20, or if he takes like four rebounds or two, the way he plays and the way he is able to make San Antonio execute at the highest level to me is the, is the key to understand the value of a guy like Murray plus the defensive end, which is, Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't come. I just, <laughs> I'm just the, 
The defense is aw- it's great. It's great stuff. I just if you're going to be a point guard in the NBA, eventually you're going to have to be some kind of offensive player, or else you're not going to matter. Yeah, you know, like like Marcus Smart was supposed to be a point guard coming into the NBA. After a few years, it's like, yeah, he's just kind of like this utility, you know, because he's mm-hmm. not really a point guard. Yeah. And I just don't like, I just don't know that DeJounte Murray can get you there. I mean, his raw stats last year are just like, they couldn't be less impressive to me. <laughs> yes. Like eight points per game, less than three assists a game, you know, 44% from the field, 26% from three. I'm just like, mm. Oh, like I just need to see way more. If we're yeah. going to get a guy to like, to be a starting level point guard, you either have to be a great shooter, a great passer, or a great scorer just in general. And if you don't have any of those skills, then you're probably not a starting point guard in this league. Yeah. That, that's you have to be able to attack a defense in some capacity or else yeah, it just you, doesn't work. Yes, that's right. And I and in all fairness, I'm betting probably a bit high on him just because I I I love the way he he handled the um, his role in the season, which is to me extremely yeah. important as I as I told you before. Like being able to be uh, the best you can be in your role is really important for me. And that's why I, I probably give him an edge uh, a bit too much, probably, um, in my list. Um, after this tier, I have Terry at 14. Okay. Because to me, Terry is great. I love him. I love everything he does. I don't care about stats. I just love him. I love the way he approaches the game. I love the versatility of him. Um, you cannot really attack him as a point guard, uh, at least maybe not in the first uh, few rounds of the playoffs, maybe in the finals. You, you you will be able because you have Curry or any or guys like that. But like Terry was great. You, you ask him to do to be your sixth man. Great. You ask him to be your starting point guard because Kyrie is not there. Great. Like the guy, the guy really scored the ball. Uh, in the playoffs, uh, maybe not efficiency in, in like with the highest efficiency, but he was able to be effective in his role, even if it was not the role he it was like uh, designed for at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. You don't like him? Yeah, I, I like Terrazier. I, I like him. I mean, he's on my list. He's he's at nineteen. Mm-hmm. I think he's awesome. Uh, I need to see more from him. You mm-hmm. know, guys can get hot in the playoffs and then cool off. I just want to see, I just want to see him in a starting role. I want to see, I want to see the, the Phoenix Suns trade for him or the Atlanta magic trade for him and put him as their starting point guard. And let's see what he can do. Um, yeah. And even outside of Brad stick, Brad Stevens does some crazy stuff with some guys. Like he turns guy, like Marcus Morris was never, ever thought to be the kind of player that he is for both. Never. Like I, I thought yeah. he was pretty good. Uh, and he was awesome for them last year. I think he's done wonders with Marcus Smart's game. Used him really well. He turned Isaiah Thomas into an MVP candidate. There are just some coaches that can get to guys, and Brad Stevens is one of those dudes. He's amazing. What what in the world does Terry Rozier do under Kokoshkov in Phoenix when he's playing with Dragon Bender and Devin Booker? Like I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. 
I would like, I'd like to see it because I think he's awesome. But there's a part of me that just wonders outside of Boston, what do some of these dudes look like? Because they're all incredible there. But I like Rozier. He's in, he's in my top 20. I have him better. And even people have, uh, SI's top 100 had Dennis Schroeder ranked over Terry Rozier, which I don't agree with. I think that I would rather have Rozier. Like if you give me the choice between the two, give me Terry. Uh, I like his attitude. I like his tenacity. Um, but you know, can he be the floor general for your team? And again, he's another guy where you look at the, the raw stats and you are left pretty unimpressed with the season that he had, especially shooting the basketball was just not great. Playoffs was better. He Mm -hmm. performed incredible in the playoffs. I mean, he was 16 points, almost six assists, five boards, shooting 40% from the field, 35% from three. That's great. But then you go back and you look at what he did all season. Mm -hmm. You're kind of like, eh, like 11 points, three assists, almost five rebounds, 39% from the field. You know, 38% from three is great. But still, like, I just, I want to see more. I want to see him. What does he look at? look like at 35 minutes a game for an entire season. We won't get that this year because he's playing for the Boston Celtics who probably allegedly, have the most depth allegedly. of any team in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe he gets yeah, trade the dude, go get some value. I mean, I can't, I think it was Sam Bassini that proposed the Josh Jackson. Exactly. For Terry Rozier trade. It's like, huh? like that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. I mean, he's, he, he's an interesting guy. Um, but anyways, I, I like him a lot. I don't, I don't think that it's crazy to put him at the spot you did. Um, but I just want, he's another guy where I, the idea of him. Yes. I just want to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have at 14? That's where I have Mike Conley. Yeah. It, it's, it's basically one spot below where I have him. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So my next tier is a starter. Like if you have an NBA team, unless you have one of these elite guys, if, unless you have basically a top 10 guy, like they're a starter on your team. Mm-hmm. So 14, Mike Conley, who, if he was healthy and had a healthy season and was oh, yeah. as productive as he has been, we've been talking about him a lot higher. I'm still terrified of one, his contract then two, um, is he going to be healthy? But if he is, like you, you've got an incredible defender. You've got a guy that's a floor leader. He can shoot it. He can pass it. He can play whatever role you want him to. He's a good guy. He's not going to be a bad dude for your locker room. He's like the whole package of like your average, really solid point guard who will always be talked about as an all-star snub and will never make an all-star team. So I... He, I can say awesome, yeah, it's same here. Like same thoughts. Uh, Conley is great. Yeah. It's just really unfortunate that he had to sustain all the injuries that he did. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would go with Conley at 14, 13. Mm-hmm. I have Goran Dragic mm-hmm. uh, for the, for the heat. Uh, that dude is super good and is definitely a starter. Mm-hmm. And, He's, I don't know. He's, he's in a decent spot in Miami. I think he could be a good point guard for a great team, but he'd have to have some really great wings around him. He'd have to be in the perfect situation. I don't think he is quite there with Miami. So he looks a little bit worse than maybe he is. Uh, and then 12, I have Jamal Murray. 
So you don't have Kemba uh, in this category? Uh, I don't. I have him a little bit higher. Okay. So I have basically on the same category as you have uh, Conley at 13, Kemba at 12, and then Dragic at 11. Uh, I like Kemba way more offensively than I do Dragic, even if I think he's kind of underrated. He's one of the best point guard at the rim. Um, and to me, like Dragic's size has a clear advantage on the other end on Kemba. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we, we actually disagree on Jamal Murray, but I, I, I understand why you have him there and offensively he's amazing and probably will be more, uh, this season. And so, yeah, that's probably like a bad, uh, decision of, by me, by, of leaving him out and he belongs. I'm not sure he, he's, I would choose him ahead of a guy like Kemba and or Dragic, but yeah. you, can, you can make a case, uh, if you think that he's, uh, passing and overall offensive abilities will improve um, especially decision making and way of passing the ball out of um, situations on offense mm-hmm. yeah I have soft spot for Jamal Murray for whatever mm-hmm. reason I just think that he is a lights out shooter mm-hmm. and he's still really young I think I think he's just going to figure it out I don't know yeah. he's, 20, he's 21 years old and I just feel for some reason, it's easy to give the benefit of the doubt to this is not just for you. It's for everybody for guys like Lonzo ball and DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. And like those dudes haven't shown the ability to shoot the basketball at all. And to me, I think that it's more important that you can shoot the ball and attack a defense offensively than it is for you to be this wizard on the defensive end. Because look at the top, 10 like all of those dudes what they do best is they attack a team from the offensive end and they put pressure on on the opposing defenses and some of them can defend well and some of them can't defend at all yeah and it doesn't matter that they can't defend as long as you can lead an offense and attack a defense and be the spearhead of an offense you can be a starting level point guard and like when we get to talk about the Damian Lillards and the Kyrie Irvings and uh, those guys, and it's like, like those, like, do you trust those dudes to defend? Like, I really don't. I think they've gotten a little <laughs> bit better as time has gone on. Yeah. But what really stands out is their ability to shoot it and to be able to create. And I just kind of believe in Jamal Murray. He's shown the ability to shoot the basketball. He shot almost 38% from three last year on over five attempts. He shoots 90% from the free throw line. Yeah. Yeah. He's three a pure scorer. Three assists, three rebounds. He doesn't, his usage isn't crazy high because he does play with Jokic. But if he, if he was the starting point guard for the Phoenix Suns, what would it look like? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that we'd be really excited about the Phoenix Suns if he was their starting point guard next to Devin Booker because we know those dudes are going to shoot the lights out. Yeah, and have a like 120 defensive rating by the end of the season. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yes, he is not a good defender. He's not. But with the point guard position, I do value defense. I think defense matters. But I mean, Russell Westbrook got an MVP and didn't play any defense at all that year. Yeah, you know? you're right. You are perfectly... Yes, Yes, I I agree. I'd like to thank Andy's Frozen Custard for sponsoring today's show. Andy's Frozen Custard, if you haven't been, you don't know 
that they make their custard fresh hour by hour. And you can tell by the way it tastes. It is just that good. I can't even express to you how good it is. You have got to go try it for yourself. And they have a ton of toppings that you can put on this frozen custard. They make chocolate and vanilla frozen custard. But you can put these in concrete, sundaes, a split, a malt, and more. So almonds, banana, butterfinger, butterscotch, cheesecake, cherries, chocolate syrup, cookie dough, cream, caramel, peanuts, peanut butter, Oreos, marshmallow cream, M&M's, and they even have more. Reese's Pieces if you want them. Sprinkle strawberries. They have so much. And what you can also get... Uh, in a concrete, you can get brownie, espresso, key lime syrup, melted chocolate chips, which is really good, by the way, and then mint syrup to just make anything mint. You can, I like to mix the mint in with the Oreos, and it's just unbelievable. Something to look out for, and I'll let you know as soon as it's available, but you're going to want to keep your eye out for this concrete. It's the pumpkin pie concrete where they put actual pie, a slice of the pie, in with their vanilla frozen custard, mix it up. Whew, I'll tell you, it's amazing. Go check out Andy's frozen custard if there's one near you and support the people that support Down to Dunk. So I don't know, maybe, I mean, I, I, maybe I overvalue defense for wings and centers and maybe I undervalue it for point guards, but That's I just fine. think, I think that it, it matters more for wings and centers than it does for point guards. Sure. It does. Um, it does. Let's put it this way. It, okay. It's hi- it's easier to hide uh, to hide the guard uh, in almost any matchups that doesn't include LeBron James, which is yeah. fair. And Murray has enough size to be able to at least contest. Like he's not yeah. like a six foot dude. No, like, no, no, no. He's, no. he's got good size for a point yes. position. Yes. And he's, and you talk about him like being outside of Jokic. The truth is, like, we don't have to think of him in that way. Like, we get to think of him in terms of being around Jokic and being around the best passing yeah. center in the NBA and, yeah. and one of the best passing power forwards. I mean, um, Paul Millsap's a great passer, yeah. too. Yeah. So, no, like, we don't have to think of him outside of that. We get to think of him inside that system, and he is like nearly perfect for them in that way yeah. for a team that's going to be basically all offense. And they're going to be a top five offense in the NBA, if not a top three. Um, yeah, I agree. They're, they're going to be awesome. And he's one of the big reasons to me. You convinced me. I will probably, if I have to hand, hand my list anywhere, I will probably have him in, inside the top 20. Yeah, you made, you made like a, a good case. And I think I, think I undervalued um, the shooting a bit. And... <laughs> I also listen to Adam Mares, who uh, covers the uh, Denver team <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> so maybe I'm tainted in that way a little bit. He's, Adam Adam is great. He does good work um, yeah. for, for the Nuggets. Uh, okay. So my next level is like all-star level point guards. They may n- not make the all-star team, but we talk when we talk about them, we talk about them as all-star level point guards and probably guys that will make the all-star team. At least one of these guys will. And so mm-hmm. nine through 11. So I have 11. I have Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. 10. I have Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and nine. I have Mr. Ben Simmons. Okay, um, I have Lowry in the same uh, category, but okay. I have him at nine and at ten 
Okay. I have a guy that made me really sad this season, which is uh-huh. John Wall. John Wall. Okay. So I have yeah. Wall at ten. Okay. He had he had really a bad season. Like he is overall numbers are really de- decreasing and. I, I may be like impressed, uh, like horrified by the Las Vegas picture, which basically right. <laughs> made my uh, my ranking. Uh, to be honest, I really went like uh, back and, and forth uh, with him and Lowry. But I think Lowry mm-hmm. like handled uh, a team, like a very successful team. And it was the, uh, the soul of that team. Of that 58, 56, how many? I don't remember how many uh, the Raptors had last season. But 59. 59, oh, okay. Like an almost almost a 60-win team. And Lowry yeah. was the engine of that team. And yeah. so, to me, he... Was, yeah, he deserves, a, a, like, um, something to be ahead um, mm-hmm. of, of all in this list. Uh, and also, his shooting is, is amazing, while... John Wall is not a great shooter. Yeah. I, okay. I like it. I like that enough. I'm flip-flopping John Wall Kyle Lauer right now. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't watch enough of John Wall to be able to say like he should be much lower on this list, but I had thought a lot about those two guys. And if John Wall is going to be a little bit fat, uh, we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> we just can't have that. Like you should be in the best shape of your life right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So now my all-star level point guards: Kemba, John Wall, and Ben Simmons. I think that makes sense. And then yeah. my, then I have my next category of guys. And Kyle Lowry has really done everything that we want him to do to make this next list. And the only reason that maybe I bumped him down a little bit is because he plays for the Raptors. I I I don't know if um, I I didn't hate him because he plays for the Raptors, but I consider the fact that um, he is aging more than the yeah. the guys that are ahead of him, besides sure. Chris Paul, who is awesome uh, and clearly ahead of Lowry, and and also the fact that he's healthy, but not always super healthy like he played 60 70 game average in the last five seasons which is yeah okay fine but not great and so um and also the fact that at, at his size he's a tenacious defender sometimes but he creates matchup problems that other guys don't uh yeah. at that position and so and regard to ben simmons i have him in the next year because okay. to me he's up for a I will destroy the world season. And so I'm he's, really, he's, awesome. he's amazing. He'll make, he'll make the all-star team. If any of these guys will make it, it'll be him. Yeah. Sure. Uh, his, his size is incredible. Uh, his speed at his size, his athleticism, his ability to create his passing is crazy. Mm-hmm. The only reason I wouldn't have him above any of these guys is just that he just won't take threes. And allegedly, well, he just hasn't. I'll yes, say that. That's that's correct. And so when he does start taking threes, and if he can make them, he's in he's six or set or five, maybe even. Like this he's there's oh, really nobody like there's nobody like him in the NBA. I mean, there's really not. He's twenty two he just turned twenty two. 
But let me look at his totals. Yeah, he took 11 threes last year. <laughs> None of them. And, yeah, and, and probably like uh, at the end of quarters or stuff like that. Like not in the flow of the game. Right, not- yeah, just, just a heat. Yeah, a heave. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's, but I mean, even looking at his raw stats, like he was awesome. Almost sixteen points a game, eight assists, eight rebounds. He had almost two steals, almost a block. He's uh, a good defender. Like he's, he's really, a good defender. You can switch him one through five, and he will handle guys like Russell Westbrook. He will create right. problems to guys like Russell Westbrook. Maybe he will not be the best defender on them. But who cares? I mean, he can really guard five. He's 6'11", almost. I don't know, 6'10", 6'11", like close to that um, measure. And he really handles the point guard duty for a 50-plus winning team, which who features one of the best centers of the league, granted. But he was the first season for Ben Simmons in the league. And he was basically an all-star. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's incredible. I mean, yeah, I he if you were making this a trade value deal, mm-hmm. I mean, I might have him fourth. Yeah, yeah, I would have <laughs> issues. Uh, I I don't know if I will choose him before Lillard, but isn't like I would ask myself a question like several times, and then probably I don't know the answer to that. Probably I will take him. Yeah, I would probably take Simmons just because Lillard, what's he, 20, 28? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, obviously Lillard has a lot of years in front of him to go, yeah. but like Ben Simmons could be an MVP candidate some year uh, in the future. Like, it would not, would it surprise you if Ben Simmons won the MVP in five years? No. I would say he will be in the conversation like way faster than that. Like yeah. not the, not the coming sure. season maybe, but if you tell me that next year, uh, like uh, not this next season, the, um, the one after that, he gets third place or second place votes, I would, yeah. I would be, I would say, yeah, that makes sense. He's great. Yeah, yeah. I I don't disagree with that. I'm I'm excited to see what he does this season. He's also another guy where I need to see a little bit more, but I've seen way more out of him than I have out of some of these other young guys like the DeJounte Murray's and the Lonzo mm-hmm. balls of the world. Oh, yeah. I've already seen it. Yeah. And so I don't need to see a whole lot more from him to put him on this list. Just everybody else has proven it over time. And so mm-hmm. that's why I give them the nod. And so my next tier is, uh, we have the all, this is the all NBA candidates. These are guys mm-hmm. that could make the all NBA team. Um, Kyrie Irving, number five, Damian Lillard, number six, Drew Holiday, seven, and then uh, you convinced me to put Kyle Lowry at eight. Okay, so from eight to five, I have Drew Holiday at eight, uh, Ben Simmons at seven, Kyrie at six, and CP3 at five. Okay. I really loved the regular season of Damian Lillard. I think he was unbelievable and i should oh, yeah. punish, punish him a bit more for the way he went down in the playoffs yeah but the regular should, season really was, should but the regular season was amazing it was awesome <laughs> he was he, he was great he was he was so good i don't and blame I, you at all for putting him there and also he's he's shown to be like 
more durable than, than Chris Paul, like way more durable than Chris Paul. And just, he's just a leader, a natural leader. And I like him a tad better. But again, I flip flopped them like 12 times, at least in the last two mm-hmm. hours. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, let's talk about Holiday. I think he, he is really, really good. Like he's awesome. He can defend like uh, from point guard to some power forward. He and he's so efficient. He can play both roles, even three roles. You can put him at small forward. I I think he will play that role with Peyton in some lineup for New Orleans this season. He's so great. I really love him. Yeah, you're talking about Drew. Yeah, what I said. Okay. I thought we were talking about Lillard still. I didn't no, know no, when we switched no, to talking no, about I, Drew. I, I switched uh, to Holiday. Yeah. Man, Drew Holiday. So I have him at seven just for the fact that I still worry about his injury history. Yeah. And what he did last year, it, you're right. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He was the, he, at points in that series, he was the best player. And Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were all on the floor with him. And he was the best. Yeah. And I don't know how much more of that we'll see from him because he had a great regular season and then he took it up, took a step up in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how much more we'll see of that. And if we do, then, you know, I feel comfortable putting him above Lillard and Kyrie Irving. Like Mm -hmm. I would take him over and I would, I mean, if you're, the Wizards, I'd take him over John Wall today just because of his ability to score the basketball. And I don't, I, every time the Thunder have played the Wizards, I've seen John Wall take off so many possessions. Mm-hmm. And it's like to the point where it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, last season was extremely weird. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, stay tuned for like news on John Wall uh, from us uh, very soon. But um, there are weird things happening uh, with John Wall, especially last season. I had the chance to review some of his plays, and wow, like they're like I don't know what is happening to him. Uh, and I really hope that we get back the real John Wall, the one that. Um, uh, is one of the fastest point guard in the league that can really create a basket for others uh, with his passing, mm-hmm. with his fast passing. And like he was, the, the fact that the Washington lost uh, his uh, screening partner, partner in, in Gortat, yeah. I don't know how, how it will affect him, but I think he will. Uh, you don't think that Dwight Howard's going to fill that role? Who? Is he in the Uh, league? Really? It's going to be such a weird season for the Wizards. I I don't know. You know what's talking themselves into the Wizards right now, and I'm just like, stay Mm -hmm. stay away, please. Yeah, just stay away. Don't bet money. Uh, But um, you know, I I was looking into because Fred teased me with uh, like a few questions and Dwight and blah blah blah, and I I went back and looked at the stats of Dwight and Marcin Gortat. Like Dwight is way more efficient than Marcin Gortat is, but yeah. if you if you take like the the um, the most used play by Mar- Marcin Gortat were cuts and pick and roll, mm-hmm. while Dwight Howard is post ups, right. post ups, 
post-ups and then offensive rebounds and then screening. Like, so yes, he's more efficient in post-ups than Gortat, but post-ups are less efficient than cuts and, and pick and rolls. And so I don't know how will impact John Wall in his season. Yeah. And with that team, which is predicated on their pick and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Like their and entire on, offenses. And on chuckers that will shoot anything that will uh, just touch their hands. Like, <laughs> right. Keith, Keith yeah. and Uber are really chuckers. Like they shoot whatever comes to their hands. Yeah. Which has value at times. Yeah. You need to yeah, yeah. those guys. Yes. Um, that's why we love Melo. Oh, no. Well, sorry. <laughs> Don't go there right now. Uh, okay. Uh, I have Kyrie Irving at five just because I, I can't get what he did in the finals a few years ago out of my head. And his injury stuff should knock him down more, certainly. And maybe some of these guys like Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, even Kyle Lowry last season probably deserve to be ahead of him. But I just know the ceiling that we have with Kyrie Irving is so high. And if he's healthy this season, which there's all indications to say that he's healthy, I mean, is he's one of... I mean, he's close to being at the same level of like a guy that can create an offense as some of these other guys. Like he is just that good. Um, yeah. He's a great passer. He can really shoot it. He's probably the best dribbler in the NBA. Uh, he can, he, he can create your offense. And I just think that if you have a full season of him uh, with Brad Stevens, like look out because yeah. look what the dude did with Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving is like a bigger super Isaiah Thomas. And so yeah. I just think that Kyrie could be an MVP type of candidate because I think somebody from the Boston Celtics is going to be an MVP candidate this season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It could be five different guys. I don't know yeah. who, but if you told me that it was Kyrie, I would totally believe you. Yeah. Um, like suppose that tomorrow you wake up and you are Danny Ainge. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, and Portland and or Houston calls you and say, well, I'll give you CP3 and you give me Kyrie. What would you say? No. And the same with Lillard. Really? I would say no well, for a lot of reasons. For well, CP3. Okay. Tell, talk me through that. I would say no to CP3. I think their health is a wash. Yes. Um, their age is not a wash though. Yes. And so, and you have a long-term contract with Chris Paul. You don't with Kyrie. I would, I don't know that I want an agent Chris Paul in my team on on that money. My point is if you put a great defender like CP3 and, or a guy that is more, suitable for an off guard role like Lillard he's yeah. he's capable to play off of others sure and, and being like an amazing shooters when like good guys passing the ball and this yeah. is true for both uh, Lillard and CP3 I think you have a formidable team like like if you put CP3 there as your point guard you don't have any weakness defensively any like you can yeah. read this. And so that's why I, I, I may 
undervalue uh, Irving defense a bit too much. I have him six, so it's it's not different. He, different. Yeah, he's and, a five for me. He he, yeah. he was pretty good in the finals, though. Like when it really mattered, I thought he played pretty well. Okay, okay. I they won a, they won a championship. They beat one of the greatest teams of all time, and he I know. And he also just the fact that he hit that shot in Game Seven. Oh, I thought you were uh, you were talking about hitting nuts uh, by by Draymond Green. That that was the the, the 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 day they lost the final. Not the, they also lost the finals uh, on the shot of Kyrie, but uh, on a different. Yeah, I know he, he's great. Like offensively, he's great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that that matters so much. And Dame, like he, he hit that one shot to beat the Houston Rockets a few years ago, and in the playoffs since then, he's kind of wet the bed. And yeah. so that's where I favor Kyrie over Dame is that I've just seen it. Like I've seen Kyrie show up year after year after year in the playoffs when it really matters and, you know, make the finals. And I know he's had LeBron on his team. And if Damian Lillard had LeBron on his team, it would probably be similar. But all I can say is I've seen Kyrie do it and it's been a while since I've seen Dame do it. And so yeah, man, they got swept. They yeah, that's got that swept. That's terrible. I I I don't know how to I don't know how that, that series went that way. I, I really don't know. But they they just they they destroyed them. And yeah. that that's Dame's team. And that's that's where I should probably have Drew at six and Lillard at seven. I love Dame and Lillard, I do, but I just you just can't get swept by the Pelicans, man. I know that Pelicans team was really, they were hot. They had it all going. You can't get swept. I mean, that's, yeah. embar- that's embarrassing. It was, what's, what's your top four? Okay. Number four, this is the all timers list. These guys will be all time point guards. When we're mm-hmm. sitting around drinking wine in our eighties, uh, hopefully I'll be up in the mountains with you in Italy. Why do we have to wait until we are 80 to drink wine? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, here's what I'm saying. We can drink wine now. I'm just saying, (laughs) hopefully when we're in our eighties, I fly, I fly to Italy. We sit up in the mountains drinking wine. We're going to be talking about these four guys. Okay. Like remember when we used to talk about these guys, remember what these guys could do. This is what we're going to be doing when we're 80 years old. This is, that's, this is part of my, my dream. So just, just stay here with me for a minute. Um, we're going to be talking about Chris Paul, who's mm-hmm. number four. We're talking about James Harden, who's number three. Okay. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, who's number two. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Steph Curry, who's the number one point guard in the NBA. Like yeah. those are the guys. I have a slightly different list. I have Lillard at four, but just for okay. the last season and the way um, CP3 health will con- will. Sure. Possibly um, change the way we evaluate the, the following season. I have Russ number three, and I really want to put him two. And then I I watch James numbers, like he's he's the offense. Uh, there are two players that tops uh, 128 points per hundred shots, and those two are Curry and Harden. No yeah. other players come close to that. And uh, Russ does a tons of other stuff. Russ is a player that probably put more pressure 
with the way he plays basketball on defenses. Uh, if you surround Easily. Russ, if you surround Russ with shooting, you have crazy good lineups. And I really hope that next season they will try to play as many shooters as they can and give the guy space because when he has space, he's unbelievable. But mm-hmm. in my uh, judgment, uh, to put him uh, below James Harden, there is um, the way he started last season because of the knee injury probably and because he had to adapt and the overall efficiency that he had last season, it was not okay. And if you have like good Russ mm-hmm. for the first two months of the season, this is a 56 win teams. Uh, and there's no issue yeah. with, um, uh, with, with starting of the season and blah, blah, blah. Um, on the other end, I, there's no people in the earth that can convince me that him being the best rebounding guard, uh, probably of all time, doesn't matter or it's mm-hmm. stats batting. So there is nothing like my decision to put in third is just because of what James Harden did last season and two seasons ago. And he had like a great season two seasons ago and an amazing one. So he had two seasons that are amazing and he should, he deserves that. But on the other end, don't put uh, in your head things like he's a ball hog and or uh, he dribbles the ball too much and or he, he really doesn't play defense to get rebounds. Uh, these are not the correct point of view, in my opinion. And like, if you look at the numbers, as Royce said in uh, the last three team episode, the, the number of dribbles, the number of isolation plays, it's close to the same. And Russ is oh, awesome yeah. to see. He's energetic to see. Like we are watching sports and the way Russ conditioned the way you're looking at games is unique. There's almost mm-hmm. no other players that you look and has this fire in him. And so I was really uh, um, like, I went back and forth, but in the end, I think what James did two seasons in a row deserve credits. Maybe next year we'll see another list. Uh, I get it. And I think that's probably the, the way that everybody leans on that argument. And Mm -hmm. I, I understand it, but if you were to give me one of those guys to, let's say we're at, we're in game seven of a series and you have a great surrounding talent and you say, you need to pick a point guard for your team. Oh, it would be Russ. Russell Westbrook or James Harden. I'm taking Russ 100% of the time, every time. I think these dudes are really close as far as their talent goes. But I think Russ is a better leader. I think he's more tenacious. I think that he wants the moment. He's had more success. He hasn't had more success recently, but he's had more success in his career than James Harden has. I, I know people love to to dog on Russell Westbrook, but the fact like he shot better in the playoffs last year from three than James Harden did. James Harden shot 29% from three in the playoffs last year. This is brought up by alpha G in our chat. And looks it up. It, I don't know. Like in the biggest moments in the playoffs, James Harden has come up short every time. And I've seen Russell come up so huge throughout his career and it hasn't happened recently, but I have seen it with my own two eyes when the moment matters the most, he wants it. And he almost took the thunder to seven games with the jazz last year in a game where everybody wants to knock him in that, in that game six, because he took too many shots. 
watch the game. Don't just look at the box score and watch the game. And I'm going to tell you that you had a Carmelo Anthony that was pissed off on the bench that was hurting the team in so many ways at that point. Mm -hmm. You had a Paul George that couldn't have been more passive, that did not want the ball. He didn't want the moment. He would take a couple dribbles, look around, the Jazz would have him covered, and he'd throw it to somebody else. Like that dude did not want that moment. And if anything, like that was really concerning for me about where you know Paul George is headed. But Russell Westbrook wanted it and he took it and he all they were a foul call against Rudy Gobert on Paul George away from getting to game seven in Oklahoma City and then who knows what happens. And yeah. so and I know maybe that's not that impressive, but the dysfunction that was happening with that offense toward the end of the season and with the defense as well, like the dysfunction that existed, they were lucky to get as far as they did with the jazz who the jazz, I don't think are a better team than the thunder with talent wise. When you stack it all up, I don't think they're better than the thunder, but they had an identity. They knew what they wanted to do and they executed it. The thunder had more talent, but they did not have an identity and they had no idea how to execute it. And it was just, did shots go in? If they did, they won. And if they didn't, they lost. And that's how that team was last year. And I'm just willing to bet that now we have a Thunder season. And the, obviously, the knee stuff goes in, goes a lot into this, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's concerning. Yes. To me, I'm not, I'm not too concerned with it. Uh, Russell Westbrook has shown the ability to bounce back from stuff like this and even be better. Like he's everybody thought whenever his uh, whenever he had the deal with Patrick Beverly when he tore his meniscus. Oh, well, this dude's going to lose some athleticism. But he was he's more athletic. Like he, there's nobody that works harder than Russell Westbrook. There's nobody that cares more about basketball than Russell Westbrook. I believe he's going to be okay. And now he has a team that has an identity. He has a team where he and Paul George are the leaders. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is going to fall in line and they're going to play fast. They're going to be a defensive minded team. And I just, I think that they have a chance to have a better record than the Rockets. I have a chance. They have a chance to be better than the Rockets just flat out. And I think at the end of the season, we're having a different conversation because the past few years, the Rockets have had an identity and they've executed it to perfection. They have been amazing, but that's also, important to me. Yes, that's right there. Yeah, that is why to me, like, it is um, a difference between choosing talent or choosing talent applied to something. Russ has yeah. to me like the frustrating things with uh, thing with Russ is he could be the best. Yeah, but, but to me, it's to me, yeah. it's like front office and team structure too. Yes. And, coach, yes. and coaching. Like if, That's why if, I have him three and not like five or six. Sure. But he, in that, in the way OKC plays, he has a lot to do with. And sometimes mm-hmm. I would love for him to be the best version of himself every day. Yeah. He's the best version of, his, of himself when it matters. And that is yeah. crazy important. And it's, I completely agree with what you said about the playoffs. There are a few games which sticks to my mind about James Harden. Like, uh, and the same is uh, with CP3. Uh, like, do you remember game, it was game six probably against the Spurs last season? That was yeah. terrifying. He was a shell of him. Yeah. Yes. 
that will never I would prefer to see Russ taking 19 three-pointers even if it's terrible right. to say than being a ghost and that matters but on the other hand like I know that those games matter more but James had I think uh last season he had like 100 games that were close to perfection and I think that should be should have a tiny reward for this year list uh if you but but I completely agree. If you ask me today, you are in game four, game game seven of a playoff, and you need to choose who plays for you. I would always go with Russ. But if you ask me, well, who do you want to have a better record at the end of the regular season and to be the best team possible to maximize what you have? I am not sure that as of today, Russ shown us that as a leader, he can maximize what he has. And yeah. it may change, and it may very well be uh, uh, related to the fact that Samash Christen and a tons of non-shooter guards, and or yeah. like Corey Brewer, like and spacing uh, issues have come in his way. That is that may very well be true. Uh, but yeah. next year, like him, Billy, okay, he have the best chance to succeed. Yeah, it's it fi- very it finally. I mean, ever since Durant left, mm-hmm. they have been scrambling to figure out what this team is, mm-hmm. and it's basically been that we have Russell Westbrook, and nobody else does, and that's that's who we are. Yeah, and now they have Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I mean, last year obviously they had Paul George, but last season was more about Paul George's recruitment mm-hmm. than it was about anything else which was perfect and they got him and they got him he's here and now as long as russell's healthy you're moving into a season where you know what you have and Mm -hmm. you don't and honestly it's very exciting to have mellow here i I loved being around him he was one of the most fun guys in that locker room but for real he hurt this team on and off and off the court quite a bit he will do the same to the Rockets eventually. If it doesn't happen in the regular season, it will happen in the playoffs. It mm-hmm. will happen. He is yeah. not a guy. He is not a helpful player anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just not. And now the Thunder have Russ, Paul George, Steven Adams, and good role players. Mm-hmm. Deontay Burton. Deontay freaking Burton. <laughs> I mean, no, but for real. I, I'm daring to see what he like I, I really would love to see him play in, pre, in preseason and oh, just be to everyone hearts yeah but mm-hmm. now like Russell has a team around him yeah that makes more sense they're crazy athletic this could be the best defense in the NBA if our, if Robertson can get right I would bet that they're going to be at least top three if not the best defense in the NBA mm-hmm. and so that matters. And this team is going to be, they're going to be a top 10 offense and defense. Yes. I think that they'll know what to do. I think that Russ and Paul George have good chemistry together on and off the court. I think that's going to carry over to the season. And I think this team is going to be better than a lot of people think. And I think this conversation, uh, if we get to have it again, you know, in September of next year, I think that, we may be talking about Russ in the same position. I still think Steph, like nobody puts pressure on a defense like Steph Curry. We can just transition to talking about him. Yeah. Nobody oh, does awesome. it. Oh, he's awesome. Like he's the, he's the best shooter of all time. 
Yeah. He's not a sieve on defense. He can no. really pass it. Like he, and he is like your ultimate leader of a basketball team too. Like he is so good. He wants the moment. He has crazy amount of swagger. He's and his, just his shooting alone. Like that's it. And like, that's been kind of my argument for a lot of these guys on this list is their offense. And there's just nobody better at creating offense than Steph Curry. No, no, there is not. And there is no way to guard him successfully, really successfully. And yeah, I mean, the only thing that he's uh, like, the reason why he doesn't have four championships, it's just because he was injured and that guy right. went nuts uh, in game five. Otherwise, yeah. like he's a true winner. Like yeah, he, is. he loves, he loves to, to be the guy of the moment. And yeah. And he's also the, like one of the things that I really love about him is that you have, there is a guy that is like Kevin Durant going into your team and the process is seamless. Yeah. Like two regular season, two preseason games that all this, the struggling, maybe a few games here and there, maybe like a few like boring months where you don't play the best uh, because like, Come on, like it's it's not fun to win like by twenty at halftime every day, um, and so. But the fact that they were able to be always the team to beat over four years and to be to find like motivation to be great uh, and to be even to improve the way you play the game, the the shots you take, the the range you have. That's he's unbelievable. He's really really unbelievable. Um, and yeah, uh, regard passing, he may not be the best passer, uh, but who cares? I mean, he has so much space and time to, to make decisions because of his shooting that it almost doesn't matter. While for other guys, passing may matter way more. Yeah. And his situation's perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to talk about a situation a lot because it just <laughs> makes me mad. But like, he's great. Like he's a great, he's a great guy. I think other guys just beg to get in line behind him as a leader. And you know, like he's, he's the man, like he just really is. And his health is a big concern. Like we talk about Russell Westbrook's health, but his health going forward is a big concern because Mm -hmm. since the 2016 playoffs, like he has had health problems every year. And so his ankles may not hold up. I don't know how long they will, but his health is a concern. And so, Everybody loves to talk about like Russell's health concerns, Chris Paul's health concerns, and maybe we don't have to talk about Curry's as much because he's on this like unbeatable team. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a concern moving forward. And if he gets hurt at the wrong time, like if he's out for the playoffs for some reason this next year, yeah, like then things aren't guaranteed for them because oh, no, no, no. he is easily the most important player to their team. Yeah, yeah, he is. I I completely agree. Okay, that's our list. Yes, everybody tweeted us about how mad you are about everything. I, I went. Really Tell us mad. how stupid we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was really stupid about leaving um, Jamal Murray out of this. Shall we tease something before we go? Oh, yes, please. So, I don't. I don't know. You probably will tease it better than me. I'm, I was about to just spill spill my guts on him. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so. 
finally, after uh, semi-teasing it for a few months, um, we decide to look into something um, about Russell Westbrook game that I think has been discussed but never uh, really tracked down and proved. And so we went back and looked to a tons of Russ passes to spot up shooting to see why like OKC has very weird shooting numbers. Uh, and so my my initial idea was, well, let's see if Russ is a good passer or if, or if it's not a good passer. And, and I use John Wall as a basically a control group to see if those percentage, uh, like how better Russ was or how worse Russ was. And the numbers, I will not tell anything today, but let's see that for the coming years, the Thunder have a very, very um, good news about that, about passing and about results concerning a few players. And yeah, uh, stay tuned because we will publish this research soon enough. Yeah, it's very intriguing and will change the way you think about some things, certainly. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people like to say certain things about Russell and about this team and about the way they performed last year and even about the future for certain players and what they could do if they had certain things. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of debunks a lot of theories that people have. And so it's like another weapon that you can take to to battle on Twitter with (laughs) some people and be like, wait, 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 wait. You say this because you've heard somebody else say it. But they don't really know what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. I don't know. We're very vague right now, but it'll all be clear whenever this, this stuff is published. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, make sure that you uh, visit all our sponsors, Simple Contacts and Andy's Frozen Custard. Uh, also, please make sure you leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have some time, if you enjoy our show, if you enjoy what we've been doing all summer. It's about to end. Uh, so next Monday is media day, which like everything will just start rolling in after that. And so we'll have content about uh, training camp and about media day on Monday. Uh, it's going to be super interesting. We'll probably, we may even do a podcast like we did today on next Tuesday uh, so that we actually have information because it would make a lot of sense for us to talk before media day started. So mm-hmm. um, we'll do another show. We may do it live like this. If you guys like this, let us know. Uh, I know we've had a few people drop in and, and watch and maybe if you know what to expect it because we kind of did this at last minute, we might advertise a little bit better for it. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, let us know if that's something that you like. Uh, you can tweet at us um, at Andrew K. Schlecht or at Mikey Barra or at Down to Dunk and let us know if this is something that you enjoy and we may do more of it. Uh, hope you guys have a great Tuesday. We'll talk again tomorrow, certainly, uh, uh, with Alex Spears. We will talk about the post-KD era. I promise this episode will be a lot more fun. Last, uh, The last one was like one of the most hit or miss podcasts we've ever done, where like people have been like, man, you guys did a great job really breaking that down. And then some people are like, I absolutely hate you guys for doing that to us. Um, so... We will uh, talk to you guys for cert- for sure uh, Wednesday and then Friday, but then Monday is media day. So be on the lookout for that. Be sure to subscribe to this show, Down to Dunk, and then also OKC Dream Team. We have some new stuff coming this season for you there as well. So be sure to subscribe there and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. <laughs>